Taiwan reported eight more imported COVID cases on Monday. Six were arrivals from the UK, of which three had arrived on the same flight last Sunday. We turn now to the health minister for details. The 127 people who arrived yesterday have all been tested. A total of three tests came back positive. Among these three tests, one is a patient with a fever that you're all interested in, while the other two are asymptomatic. The one with a fever registered a temperature of 36.5 degrees when checking in for his flight. His temperature was 36.6 degrees before boarding the plane. His temperature was not as high as it was upon arrival. Lab tests are underway for the six cases from the UK, with results possible in just three days' time. The tests will show whether or not the patients carry the new, more contagious coronavirus strain recently discovered in the UK. Sunday's arrivals from the UK have been safely settled at government facilities for their 14-day quarantine. They are the first group to experience Taiwan's tightened quarantine protocols for the UK, which were put in place after the discovery of a new COVID variant. According to Taiwan officials, the UK arrivals were not only cooperative with the new COVID measures, but proud of them. Many said they were happy to be home, calling Taiwan, quote, the safest place in the world, end quote. Tables, chairs, a bed, and a small balcony. This is the room of a Taiwanese arrival from the UK who was shuttled off to a quarantine facility in Ulai District. All the way to Ulai, the traveler was subject to stringent COVID protection protocols. Directing the operation was Victor Wang, the head of the Health Ministry's Hospital and Social Welfare Organization's Administration Commission. Wang posted photos of the transport mission on Facebook, writing that some travelers said they were relieved to be home at the safest place in the world. The travelers took pride in Taiwan's orderly and efficient execution of COVID precautions, he said. They felt they had truly arrived home. I think that this is a natural thing to feel, because to be honest, we really are one of the safer places in the world. And some of them had said the COVID precautions being taken overseas are relatively lax compared with us. Even foreign nationals were saying that. With a new COVID variant on the prowl, the Central Epidemic Command Center is requiring collective quarantine for all arrivals with a recent UK travel history. Once quarantine is complete, they will need to pass a second COVID test. Officials hope that strengthened testing and centralized quarantine can block COVID at the border. After a year, we now know that it's safer to test. Previously, we thought that 14 days of quarantine would be enough and that the virus would disappear. But now it seems that this may not be the case. It's very important to test individuals before letting them out of quarantine. UK arrivals need a certificate of a negative COVID PCR test issued within three days before boarding their flight to Taiwan. They will be tested for COVID at the border before entering 14 days quarantine. They will be tested again before being released. With this two-test process in place, officials hope to give the public and the returning passengers peace of mind. Starting January 1st, airline crews will be subject to a longer quarantine of seven days. The change comes after a COVID-positive pilot infected a Taiwan resident after completing his three-day quarantine. We turn now to the health minister at the Central Epidemic Command Center. The three-day quarantine for pilots and five-day quarantine for flight attendants will be maintained if the crew member has an assignment straight afterward. But for crew members who are doing quarantine and self-health management, the current three- or five-day quarantine will be lengthened to seven days, with a test on the seventh day. 
If the test is negative, they can go out, but they will have to self-manage their health for another seven days. That means taking the temperature every day and looking out for any symptoms. They can't take public transport or go to crowded places where it's hard to maintain social distance or where they could come in contact with strangers. That includes wedding banquets, bars, nightclubs, department stores, night markets, and so on. When outside, face masks must be on at all times, and they must keep track of where they go and who they are in contact with. Those who don't abide by the regulations can face fines of up to one million NT dollars pursuant to the Communicable Disease Control Act. Airlines must monitor whether the rules are being followed or face fines of one million NT dollars and a possible reduction of flights. Su Zhenzhong defended his record as premier on Monday in a briefing at the Executive Yuan. He defended the lifting of an import ban on U.S. pork containing ractopamine, reiterating that the policy would demonstrate to the U.S. that Taiwan was committed to closer relations. He also spoke on his past decisions, saying that some of them, such as a temporary ban on mask exports, had been unpopular at the time. But he said these policies later proved to be prescient and helped to keep Taiwan safe during a pandemic. Led by Chen Ju, members of the control yuan paid a visit to the executive yuan on Monday. Chen was received by the premier, who gave a briefing on his cabinet's accomplishments and budget administration. The premier said his team took preemptive action to thwart the epidemic. In a world's first. Flight passengers from Wuhan were required to head directly into quarantine upon arrival to Taiwan. In retrospect, this was the right thing to do, the wise thing to do. But at the time, we came under a lot of pressure as we made this decision. When the executive yuan prohibited the export of face masks, we were derided as dogs. They said I had no humanity. In the briefing, Su detailed his team's work, which ranged from epidemic control to financial bailouts. Besides laying out his record, he mounted a strong defense of U.S. pork imports containing ractopamine. The arrival of U.S. pork and beef to Taiwan will resolve a long-standing trade barrier between Taiwan and the U.S. We are not exchanging this for that. Rather, we are demonstrating that the Taiwanese government has the intention, the ability, and the willpower to make Taiwan-U.S. relations better and better. The investigation report of the control yuan can also serve as an important reference for administrative bodies as they make adjustments and improve their governance. Therefore, I believe the control yuan and the executive yuan absolutely can work together to contribute to the integrity of our country and the protection of human rights. It was Chen's first visit to the executive yuan since her appointment. She said she had confidence in Su's cabinet and would work with it to strengthen human rights protections. The KMT said Monday that its fight to block U.S. pork containing ractopamine isn't over. In a press conference, the party said it will rally its 22 local council caucuses behind a national signature drive to put the pork issue on a referendum next year. The signature drive is already underway with the goal of collecting 500,000 signatures by March 2021. Also underway are efforts by Taizong and other KMT-controlled regions to close off their borders to U.S. pork. The battle at the legislative yuan is over, but the KMT hasn't given up. At a press conference on Monday, the opposition party announced it will mobilize its caucuses in 22 local councils to overturn the ban's lifting with a referendum. The party hopes to gather 500,000 signatures by the end of February 2021. 
The DPP had foisted this ractopork policy upon Taiwan as if launching a surprise attack. This government, especially the executive yuan, is lacking in communication with society. On top of that, the self-castration of the DPP Legislative Caucus and this whole series of developments serve to highlight the two major failings of the DPP government. The first is the deterioration of our representative democracy. The second is the deterioration of food safety management mechanisms. Don't let your political moves undermine our epidemic prevention efforts. Keep that in mind, KMT, please. Ahead of the lifting of the import ban, several local governments have produced local ordinances that ban all traces of rectopamine in pork. The ordinances conflict with national policy and they vary from region to region. In response, the executive yuan said it planned to streamline all regulations across Taiwan. Premier Su Zhenchang is clearly not really interested in addressing the concerns people have. If you're going to ask local governments to have all the same policies as the central government, then please go ahead and ask the same of your central government agencies, the Ministry of National Defense, the Ministry of Education, the Ministry of the Interior. Ask them all to be completely in line with the executive yuan, with you, Premier Su. Ask the legislative yuan, too. In KMT-controlled Taichung, a local ordinance bans the transport of pork with any amount of rectopamine. As Taichung is a major transport hub in Taiwan, reporters asked the city's health chief whether the rule would be enforced via highway checkpoints. It's more the case that there will be controls at the origin of the product and at the end point. Because before the product gets eaten, we have to inspect and do lab tests. We will focus on the origin and the destination. Managing the parts in the middle, pertaining to production and transportation, would be too monumental a task due to our limited manpower. So on that front, we will delay enforcement. All guns blazing, the KMT is taking its battle against U.S. pork to the local level, setting up a local central clash that will prove a big test for the Thai administration. Orchids are a popular houseplant, but have you ever seen a blue orchid or a green one? One flower retailer is now offering custom-colored moth orchids dyed with a special paint. It's fully absorbed by the flower's petals to make it look as natural as possible. A profusion of multicolored moth orchids delights visitors. Here you can find blue, red, yellow and green, as well as the typical whites and pinks. Some of the colors are so incredible, you wouldn't believe it. At first I thought it was the flower's natural color, then I realized it was sprayed on. Here they'll spray on any color you like, or even two. But this is no ordinary spray paint. The water-based pigment is absorbed by the petals. At first, our motivation was simply to sell the flowers. When business slows down, you want to change things up to give customers more color choices. All the dyes we spray on are preservatives, so they don't have any effect on the flower. With the paint, orchids turn every color. But retailers say that colors like blue can look rather fake, especially in a solid block. That's why they leave some white around the stamens to give a more natural look. Of course it looks a bit fake, so how can we make it look less fake? We're researching that. The retailers even claim the water-based dyes help prevent water loss for the flowers and keep them fresher for longer. New Year is a peak season for florists, and some are offering custom-coloured orchids for 2021. 
Blood banks are asking for help replenishing the country's dwindling supply. Taiwan is running low on all blood types, with the need especially great for types O and AB. The shortage is due to the winter season, which has driven up demand from people with cardiovascular diseases. On Monday, the Taipei Association of Taiwan Friends launched a donation drive to refill stocks. The waiting room is crammed with people. They're answering an urgent call for blood donations issued by the Taipei Blood Center. Over the past month or so, we've seen 2,000 to 3,000 fewer bags of blood donated. Recently, likely because of the weather, there have been more patients who need blood transfusions. The demand has gone up by about 3,000 bags, so we're looking at a shortage of about 6,000 bags. In recent weeks, the gloomy weather has put off many prospective donors. But as strokes and heart attacks commonly strike in winter, the demand for blood has only increased. National reserves of type O and type AB blood are at critical lows, with supplies to last less than seven days. On Monday, the Taipei Association of Taiwan and Friends launched a blood drive with support from corporations, individuals, and even a mystery guest, former Vice President Chen Jianren. Although we've done well with containing the epidemic, fewer people have been donating blood, leading to the current shortage. A bag of blood can save a life. This is a way to show the kindness of the people of Taiwan, that we're willing to help others. It's very heartwarming. Usually, we only mobilize the Taiwan Friendship Network for blood donations on May 20th. But these are special times. The president expects this from us. So besides donating blood, we also hope to sponsor a blood mobile. At Monday's blood drive, the Taipei Association of Taiwan and Friends offered small gifts as a token of thanks to donors. The drive was expected to collect more than 150 bags of blood to alleviate Taiwan shortage. COVID-19 has hit charities hard this year as donations dry up even as demand skyrockets for social services. World Vision Taiwan, which supports impoverished families, has issued a fresh call for donations to keep its services going. Donors in its Red Envelope fundraiser can give support to four different World Vision programs. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. In this video, entertainer Mickey Huang tackles the role of a social worker. He meets an 18-year-old named Shou Shou, who looks after her severely ill parents. Shou Shou also works part-time after school to support her family. Huang also met a 16-year-old named Xiao An, who was raised by her grandmother. Their home doesn't have a water heater, so Huang helps Xiao An collect firewood to boil bath water. These are some of the families struggling just to get by in Taiwan. I saw that there are many corners of society in Taiwan that need the attention of social workers and the general public. After I returned from my trip, I was filled with thoughts and emotions. I also want to thank these social workers for their hard work and to thank these families for their smiles. Through enduring hardship, they've proven themselves to be extremely resilient. So if you have the resources to do so, I invite you to support them so that they can continue to have the opportunity to chase their dreams. Amid the pandemic, the number of people applying for special assistance has soared by 20%. Therefore, World Vision Taiwan are launching red envelopes to help families get through the new year. 
Due to this year's pandemic, even more families are struggling than before. COVID has made its impact felt across sectors like tourism and hospitality, triggering layoffs and furloughs. To fund its programs for people in need, World Vision Taiwan is holding a red envelope donation drive. Some of the family which we had supported before, and because their temporary job has been lost. So in this particular season, how are we going to help them to pass this particular situation? And that's, that's the reason why we start up this red envelope or red pocket uh, programs. Red envelopes can be donated to four programs. One supports the schooling of disadvantaged children, while another supplements their nutrition. Another program is for households that have suffered unusual circumstances and need help getting back on their feet. The final program helps adults or teens learn skills for self-sufficiency. Uh, well, they're all kind of like a weave, okay, and we have a lot of uh, sewing and do the pastry. That's all kind of things. And dancing, actually, you can see they, they learn how to dance. All kind of, because we, we, we look into what the family and the kids, they are, they are willing to learn. And they are very specialized on those kind of skills. And we just support them. World Vision Taiwan says their goal is to receive 10,000 envelopes by the Lunar New Year to help struggling families get through the difficult winter season. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Tingxiang in Taipei. As Taiwan's pet population grows, the pet food market is booming. Head to a pet shop and you can now find all manner of unusual treats and snacks available. But which meats are most popular with Taiwan's pets? And what do vets have to say about it? Let's take a look at the new face of pet food. Thick slice of ox tongue is a staple of barbecue restaurants, and it's fast becoming a favorite for pet owners too. Barbecue experts are marketing tongue at pets with special products baked on a low heat of just 70 degrees. Strips of dried tongue and tongue rolls are popular snacks. The fattiness of tongue is good for their skin and their fur. The amino acids in it are quite good for them too. The number of people raising children and keeping pets is converging in a golden intersection. So we think this pet market is pretty big. We choose our ingredients from meat fit for human consumption, and they're basically 100% meat. The pet food market is estimated to be worth 25 billion NT annually. The Kanpai Group has released a range of tongue products claiming low-fat, high-collagen credentials. The Doggy Wants firm has produced jerky made of deer meat and cherry duck. Meanwhile, the Pet Wolf company is selling dried kangaroo meat. These are all kinds of unusual meats available, but owners should keep their pet's health in mind. <laughs> When pets have kidney diseases, then you want to lower their protein intake. If they're allergic to beef, then you should probably avoid anything from cows, including the ox tongue we just mentioned. Vets also warn that dried meat should only be a snack and is not a healthy, complete diet for an animal. Let's take a look now at the edge of Taiwanese culinary innovation. A restaurant in Taipei is making lollipops out of mullet roe and chili beef cheek with the toppings normally found in a humble rice ball. Spicy beef cheek is first braised and then fried to give a crunchy skin and gelatinous center full of fragrant spicy goodness. Typhoon shelter-style crispy garlic flakes have been replaced with coriander flakes. The braised beef and Taiwanese garlic are deep-fried to create that tender jelly center. 
dried chili and garlic are seared and then joined by the garlic flakes, coriander flakes and peppered peanuts often used in rice bowls. The pan is shaken so the beef soaks it all up. The super Taiwanese dish is then topped off with sprigs of rocket to lighten the oil. We were inspired by Typhoon Shelter Cuisine. The garlic and coriander flakes elevate it. As this shark smoke pot opens, a puff of dry ice is released. It's set off with Hakka-style mandarin and chili peanut sauce. After the shark is roasted, on go the kumquat sauce, spicy peanut sauce and soy paste. Finally, they're placed on hot coals with rosemary and the room smells heavenly. The sauces are the best Taiwan has to offer. I searched for lots of the sauces that we used to eat when we were little. I'm from Tainan and I realized the soy paste used in Tainan and here in Taipei are different. They create a different effect. This is no lollipop. It's mullet roe covered with dried cod and citron pepper. Even these fried glutinous rice balls use Tainanese mung bean cake and savory cakes instead of peanuts. It's Tainan cuisine taken to a new level. This year's first cold snap is headed our way. A cold front will move southward on Wednesday, and its force will be felt the next day on New Year's Eve through the early hours of New Year's Day. Temperatures could dip to 7 degrees in central and northern regions, possibly breaking 2004's record of 7.6 degrees. In the early hours of New Year's Day, areas in northern Taiwan with an altitude over 800 meters may see snow. Snowfall is most likely on Taoyuan's Lalasan and Yilan's Taiping Mountain. Snow may even be seen on Taipei's Yangmingsan. Whether you're out to ring in the new year or to catch a glimpse of snow, bundle up as this year's strongest cold front is on its way.